Welcome to the Growth Through Grief podcast, where we interview individuals just like you dealing with their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts, growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you heal better, improve mind, body, and spirit, and find your new purpose from the loss and the tragedy that you have experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello. I'm your host. I'm a growth evangelist, as well as a fellow widower. I lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy, some five years ago. Today, I have a really special guest. My guest today is Dr. Nicole D. Bradford. She's a first-generation college graduate, and she began her career working with disenfranchised youth and setting up programs to ensure their success. Dr. Bradford, she's worked as a professor, vice president of student services, a teacher, assistant principal, campus principal. And in her own life, she's overcome several significant challenges and losses and has turned these lessons of the challenges into growth into a mantra. And we're going to go over that mantra today. And she's also turned that and captured it into a book. One step is all it takes. A 30-day journal of inventory, accountability, and something we could all use from time to time, attitude adjustment. Uh, welcome, Dr. Bradford. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So the first thing I want to do is, and I know this can be difficult, share your own experience, your own journey with grief. Tell us a little about that. Well, um, I've recently experienced grief. I, it started for me in 2018. It just seemed like my family kind of went through a very, very rough patch. I am the youngest of six kids. My parents had five girls and one boy. So um, at the beginning of 2018, I lost my uncle that was very, very close to me on my mother's side of the family. Um, he passed away through uh, cancer. Shortly after that, my sister number five was 48 years old, planning her 50th birthday party and had just retired from the state of Texas and um, out of the blue had a horrible, horrible car accident. And so that's two in 2018. Then in oh, 2019, I brought my parents uh, to the that DFW area to live with me. And I lost my dad in 2021 of June. He had been fighting with lots of strokes and he had aphasia and a feeding tube. And then just recently in April, I lost my mother and she had Parkinson's disease and dementia. And so those are four huge, important people in my life that started in 2018 and really haven't caught a break. And so it's, it's been very difficult now because, you know, losing your parents, I know a lot of people say that that's a circle of life. But when you're a child, especially the youngest of six kids, I feel like I was a bird that had the ability to fly, but my wings were clipped. And the two individuals that were my advocates and my strength and that believed in me so much to accomplish the great things that you talked about are no longer here to be in that crowd or to give me words of encouragement. And so just finding the strength to push through is um, something that I've been focusing on daily. Nicole, I do want to say I'm so sorry for those losses. Um, when they pile up like that, it's compound grief, right? It's not just one, but it's the other, it's the other. And I know for me, I experienced something really similar. I lost my dad 
in April. And then six months later, lost my wife all in that same year. And for me too, it seems like every couple of years, there's been someone significant. My brother recently, who was very similarly only 50 years old um, and a business partner from COVID. And it's almost like you get done processing one or you even haven't even in some cases started processing one before you have another to deal with. Yes, and that was a difficult part with my parents uh, because number one, watching them decline, that's very, very difficult because you see these two individuals, they were pillars of strength. They would never ask anyone for, in, for anything and they come from very humble beginnings to seeing my mom just barely able to stand up and having to take her to the restroom and to bathe her and the same things for my dad. And it was difficult for them because at times my mom would say, you know, Nicole, I, I hate to have you see me this way. But they passed away within 10 months of each other because as soon as we buried my dad, I brought her home to my home. Um, she went into her room and immediately she was like, Nicole, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I was like, mom, you're, you're fine. I understand. But they had been together since she was 14 years old. Wow. And so she said, I need to go to the hospital. I took her to the mm. hospital and instantly she could no longer walk, use the restroom on her own. And um, just, it hit her suddenly. I think on the ride back from Austin, she realized, where's my mate? Where's my husband? And so she would go in and out of dementia. And that was very hard for me because I lost two parents in 10 months and they had been married 61 years. What a blessing though, that they had you. So um, Nicole, it's, it truly is blessing. And I'm sure they were so grateful that you were there to help to take care of them through that. Um, the losses that you've had and just your, your life experience, which I loved reading your story and the struggles and also the amazing accomplishments that you had. They inspired you for your mission and purpose. Talk about what that mission and purpose is. Well, um, I started writing the book, um, One Step is All It Takes in 2018 when I lost my sister. And I just thought about her life because again, she was in the middle of planning her 50th birthday party. And she was full of life and, you know, she had all these things she wanted to do. And she had just retired that young and it had only been a couple of months. So it, I began to reflect on when we were younger, we had this zest for life. We were so excited and we didn't care what people thought. We'd listen to Michael Jackson or our Cindy Lauper and we were just living life. And then we'd start transitioning into the adult world. So then we have all of these expectations, if it's coming from our families or are the relationships that we're in, it may even come from in-laws because, you know, we want this holiday and we need you to be this type of daughter-in-law. And those are some of the road bumps I encountered. And then going into the workforce because you have expectations from your supervisor and those around you. And so we tend to start to conform. And the flame that we once had for life begins to flicker and at some time it gets dim because we suppress it depending on who we're around. And so it just made me think about maintain your flame so that you can have the life that you want. You can live an audacious, authentic life before it's too late. Now, the maintain part of it, that is an acronym 
And I really would love, because I think this is going to be so powerful, because many of us, certainly through the grieving process, you know, and, and as you went through as well, through the caretaking process, how do you maintain the flame? I mean, my zest for life was gone. I, I completely lost my mojo. I completely lost confidence. I was, as many men are, going through this process of losing their wife. It, it is our job to protect our spouse as men. Uh, you know, going back to that kind of traditional role. And we feel like we've just lost the biggest battle, the biggest fight of our lives, along with our spouse losing theirs, their life. Um, talk about what each one of the letters mean in maintain for maintain the flame. Start with them. Shifting your mindset. Yes. And, and it's important for us to shift our mindset when we're dealing with grief, uh, especially for me, as you talked about some of the challenges that you have. From time to time, I revisit knowing that, you know, my mother was 78 and my dad was 80. Nicole, there was more you could have done or should I did I miss a sign or when he started to stutter before he lost his speech should I made sure that they were in the speech classes or should I had rehab working with my mom a little bit more it's always on your mind that you could have been do more but everyone has a birth date and an end date and it's already decided for us and so when you're talking about your mindset you have to let the negative mindset go and once, whenever a, a negative a comment comes in my mind or a negative thought comes in, even by people that's around me, I did the um, stepped out of the norm for my family. Everyone's used to, she's sick, go to the hospital. That's easy. It's a no brainer. Well, I had been to the hospital with both of my parents over and over again, and I chose hospice, one of the hardest decisions in the world and having to be the person to sign the DNR and things of that nature. But so I have to take my mindset and say, Nicole, those negative things that people are saying to you and those negative thoughts that you're putting on yourself, you're gonna have to replace it with the positive thought. Thank God you were there. Thank God that they had someone that they could depend on. Thank God that you didn't turn your back on them. And so that helps to keep me encouraged because you have to replace the negative with the positive. And sometimes I'm great at it, in other days, that's just a battle that I, I lose, but it's, it's practice. And the more that you practice it, the better you become. And then A is taking action. You have to set up sets of steps for yourself. So for me, I wanted to get into grief counseling. I wanted to get into group counseling because it was good for me to hear perspectives from other individuals. We may have lost different individuals in our family, but loss hurts no matter where it is or, or who it is. It hurts and it hurts deep. And so take those action steps and give yourself some grace because there were times that I'd go to group counseling and I'd stay the whole time and I may go two weeks in a row, but there are weeks that I'm like, I just can't go in there right now. I feel horrible and I'm too sad or I just sit outside in the parking lot and I cry. But take action so that you can reclaim your life and move forward. You'll never forget them, but you will also you will keep their dream alive in your heart and knowing that they're still with you, rooting you on. And then the next one is I, being intentional. You must be intentional during this time. So seek out others that's in a similar situation or, or talk to a friend or someone that can be positive. 
be positive and build those intentional relationships that can sustain you during this time. And then there's N, take time to nurture yourself. This is something I had a very hard time doing because um, even though, you know, I'm the last child, number six, it was very difficult because even when I was doing the caretaking part, I'm so exhausted. I just want to go sleep for 10 minutes. But I felt guilty if I did that. And towards the, the end of before my parents expired, when they were in my home, um, I had family members that will say, you know, you haven't slept in days. You need to go take a break. And no, I, I don't want to miss anything. I need to be here. I need for her to know that I was here until she took her last breath. So nurture yourself, love on yourself, and congratulate yourself for being strong enough to walk through this journey with them. Because if they could, they would thank you a million times over. And T is time. And I know everyone thinks we never have enough time, but live in the moment. And when you were there, reflect on those moments that you had with them, the times that you were able to have with them. And then even when you see yourself or catch yourself crying, I always hear the voice of my parents, um, get up, come on. You know what I expect, Nicole you know what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, huh, really? <laughs> but know that they're with you in those moments. What would they say to you during that time and that moment? Think about the jokes that they used to say. That's how you keep their legacy and their memory alive within your heart. Yes, it is a loss and it does hurt, but think about the positive and the great times that you had and with your loved one. And then there is a authentic, you have to be who you are and people around you have to understand that there is just like they say that there is no straight road to success. There is no magic formula to grief. And, and you might hear people say, OK, well, it's been uh, two years now. OK, you should be done. No, no. It, it doesn't end. So you just work with yourself and you give yourself the grace and you understand you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows. And just think about in time that the pain may subside, but that hole will still remain in your heart because they're no longer there for you. But make sure that you are authentic to yourself first. Don't try to meet the, the needs or the expectation of those around you. And then you have integrity, have integrity in everything that you're doing with the choices that you made, the choices that you didn't make, be okay with it. And just know you did the best that you could with the information that you had at that time. And then the last one, it says non-negotiables, but I always say no regrets. We can't leave here with regretting anything. You did mm -hmm. a great job. You supported them. You loved them. And even if there were arguments or disagreements and bad times, you know why that was? Because we're human. No one's perfect. And so no one has a perfect life. Give yourself some grace. Know that you did a great job, but don't regret the time and the energy that you had with this person and the energy and time that you put into it because you did your very best and, and move forward one day at a time. Now, Dr. Bradford, I want to 
dive in on a few of these with you. So many widowers, they, they feel like they get stalled, or I've heard them use the term stuck. And it's not an outside in view, it's more an inside out view where mm -hmm. they, they know they should maybe be making more progress than they are. Like you said, there's no, hey, two years in, you should be solved outside in view to it. But many get frustrated with just their seeming lack of process from an internal judgment standpoint. And they're in this tend to be in like this loop of sadness and maybe even depression, and maybe they're even taking antidepressants, things like that. So right from the beginning, you talk about the end, shifting your mindset, but so many widowers have a hard time doing that and they get stuck. Talk about how to maybe get unstuck. Well, I would say some tips to get unstuck is number one, realizing where you are is okay. You have to start somewhere. And even if you are on antidepressants, that's a start because you're taking care of yourself. You're making sure that I'm not going to stay in this place. So I'm going to take this because you, you need that support at that time. So ways to get unstuck is connecting with other individuals, mm -hmm. giving yourself some grace and making sure that you celebrate all accomplishments, big or small. There are days I didn't even want to get out of bed. But the fact that, okay, I got up, I went in the kitchen, I got me a drink of water, and I got back in the bed. I may have looked out the window for it. That is a huge accomplishment because you don't, no one knows your grief and your situation the way that you do. But the more that you take those baby steps, and maybe I'm going to go get some fresh air. For the longest time, I didn't want to leave those doors. Mm -hmm. I just, and, and, and still now to this day, my mom's room is still my mom's room and it's going on seven months. I'm not ready and it's okay. So you have to do things in moderation, but just know and speak life to your situation. I'm in a difficult situation or I'm having a difficult time today, but I'm not going to stay here and set one little goal today. I'm going to walk to the end of my driveway and come back in. Just going to get some fresh air. And that takes time. At the beginning for me, after I lost my mom and doing her funeral and everything, my oldest daughter was very, very concerned about me because I just wanted to go in my closet, shut the world out, and just, just be. And I was there for maybe three or four days. And so she was like, this is not normal. You, you know, you're always full of energy and you're always all over everyone else and inspiring and I'm not used to this mom. And I just told her it's, it's okay. I, I'm right now for that moment, I felt stuck and I was trying to figure out I'm no longer a caregiver. I'm an empty nester. Mm -hmm. Now what? So I just needed to sit with the fact that I couldn't get over. I'll never see them again, but I had to remember they're still in my heart. I still have the memories and this is temporary, Nicole. You're only stuck for a little while and yeah. you're going to have your good and your bad. I think that grace of giving yourself that little bit of time, take the pressure off. You know, there is no timeline on this. It will take some time, but it yeah. will get better over Most time. Definitely. And I think that's definitely where that little bit of grace can give you that little period where you're not just beating yourself up in that loop, the automatic negative thoughts from that loop. Nicole, you also mentioned small steps, and that was really important for me. The day after my wife passed, I never made the bed, I think, in our, our entire almost 20 years of being married. 
that morning I made the bed. And it was that one small step of she's gone and I've got to do it for myself. She's not going to be there to do this anymore. And so it was a couple of those small little things, taking a walk, getting out in nature, dragging myself up to the coffee shop, even though I was going to put my earbuds in and not paying attention to anyone, but at least seeing some people. So some of those things that are these little small steps can have a big impact. And you mentioned something earlier, too, that I really want to hit on that I think is important for the shifting your mindset. And that's one of gratitude. And I know that that you use that as a, almost a superpower. Talk about that. Talk about gratitude and the importance of gratitude to shift your mindset and the whole maintain process. Well, gratitude will carry you through. And you have to be proud of the little things and the big things that have taken you or brought you to this point. And so, you know, I was, I'm glad I was able to take them to the hospital and, and, you know, and it took me going to those group sessions to realize that because I didn't feel like, Hey, what do you mean? That's a good thing. That was my duty. I was their child. That was something I was supposed to do. But so many were like, no, you need to take time and, and be proud and be happy with what you did. And, and I'm just so, you know, all the time, I'm just a go-giver and I'm thinking there's more I could have done. But taking a step back and reflecting on the comments and the feedback I received made me think, yeah, you know, that is a good job, Nicole. And it made me feel a little bit better about myself because I, I was there to drive them to the doctor's appointment. And I, I was there late at night when they were uncomfortable. And that those are precious memories that I will be able to keep for the remainder of my life. And being grateful for what you still do have in your life, even though you experienced yes. loss with your your child, children, right? I mean, that's something that we kind of take for granted, but they're still there and having gratitude in that and gratitude in the friends. And, and sometimes just that walk, I know I would take a walk in a local park and I would try to look at things a little bit differently and be grateful for the sun and be grateful for the leaves and be grateful for the water and all of just the absolute beauty around me that I kind of just wandered by every day without appreciation. So there can be even in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge that you say that because it wasn't until I lost both of my parents that I, you know, so many things we take for granted. And then I'm thinking, wow, you know, I can actually go and walk to the restroom if I want to go, or I can turn mm -hmm. myself over in the bed. The very small things that we take for granted, I take time now to say, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm able to do this. I can feed myself you know, and we take that for granted because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be able to breathe and walk around. And it's so many that don't have that same opportunity. And so being grateful where you are, it just helped me to count my blessings. The end, nurture yourself. That's one where I know as men, we can sometimes find a, a hard time with that. And you mentioned you even were finding a hard time mm -hmm. as a caretaker, especially you're sacrificing a lot. And once they passed, we almost have to then say, okay, I've got to get to the doctor. Maybe I was putting off the doctor for a couple of years. I've got to get the sleep. I've got to maybe start taking care of myself after all of that giving that's been going on. But it's not an easy shift for some to make. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I, I think that's a huge shift and you're definitely correct. I went to the doctor and she was like, Nicole, I haven't seen you in two years. 
And I was on the bottom of the totem pole. That was not a priority. I needed to get them to their appointments. I needed to make sure that they were being taken care of and that I was, I became a parent and those Mm -hmm. were my babies and I needed to be there every moment. And that's the same for widowers or any individual. You, you take that on as your responsibility and you tend to sometimes neglect yourself and you have to get back to that because at times I had to remind myself, especially with dementia, you know, she can't sleep at night and she's up all times of the night. You've got to rest when you can. So it's just like my, when I had my, my babies, if she dozes off in front of that TV, you better sleep with one eye open for a little bit and then get back up and get back in the game because, you know, you have to try to take care of yourself, but nurturing yourself is, is critical, especially as a caretaker or when you're experiencing loss, sitting in the hospital for days and days at a time with your loved one. Make sure you're going downstairs to the cafeteria and getting something to eat or making sure that you're drinking plenty of water because you can't take care of them if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. And now you've got perhaps grieving children to take care of. There's other family members and you can get into that caretaker mode and continue it. I like to look at it as put your oxygen mask on first before you put on anyone else's now at this point in time, right? The loss has occurred. Do that. Make sure you're eating the right things. Maybe look at your alcohol intake, which was something I had to honestly do and say, that's it, no more. Um, Look at your exercise, which you've probably been neglecting. And so you've got to get your health back if you are going to become that new person that ultimately you need to become to take on that new role and new responsibility you have with the family. You also have a great one in here, and you mentioned it a couple of times, is the A, you must be authentic. That can be really hard for a widower because a lot of times through the process, and even after the process, we put on masks. You know, I had to go and put that business mask back on, right? I had to put on that stoic mask with my children and my family that, okay, everything's going to be right. You can be strong through it. But in that, you're covering up a lot. You're covering up your own grief. And maybe you're showing up with a mask on that is actually destructive and is not healthy. Like with my children, I put on such a stoic mask through the process. They didn't think I was feeling the grief until years later when I started this mission, as a matter of fact, and they started to read some of the articles and knew kind of what I was feeling. But I was so stoic through it and so busy through it that a lot of times they didn't see that. Talk about the authenticity and why it's so important to get back to who you are, but also the challenges there and that, well, who we are wasn't who we were just a short time ago, which I think makes it that much harder to then become authentic because what is authentic anymore when you're not a husband or you're not a a child and a caretaker? I think that when you say that, I been brought back to my mind when I was younger and my dad lost his mom. And of course, this man was Superman in my eyes and I've never seen him cry and never seen anything. And the whole time, the funeral and everything, I'm like, what's wrong with him? We're all crying. We're all, and he's just, and so it was in the hallway of our home. I was like months later and I was in my bedroom and he went to turn the air condition down in the hallway and just lost it. He just broke down. 
And it's because he kept suppressing it because I have to be the strong face. I have to carry my family. It, it's, it's just death. I'll, I'll get over it. But deep inside, it was hurting him a lot and he didn't want to express that. So he had to truly take time for himself. I mean, he just ended up on the ground just crying. He just, and we were like, the funeral was months ago, but he never dealt with that grief. And so I think in order for you to get back to, and there will never be a normal, there's no getting back to what's normal because I still don't know what's normal anymore. And I still look in the back seat ready to buckle her in her seatbelt and she's not there, but you just have to take time to take care of yourself because if you don't, and the more that you continue to put that off, it's going to hurt you in the long run. So you have to give yourself that grace to transition during the process. And then you're going to find, you know, you'll find your fit. What's what's going to be your new normal, because it's never going to be like it was before. And your new identity, too, because I think that's something that goes, um, particularly with a spouse and losing someone you know, who was, in my case, a business partner, as well as a life partner, uh, mother to my two daughters who were about the same age as yours, 23 and uh, 19. And, um, you know, I, I, I was the business person. I was the one that was going out and slaying the dragons and coming home. And she was in a, uh, she was a business partner, but also held a lot of the traditional roles. And I identified very much as a husband and as a, uh, and in that role, it no longer existed. And so I think you struggle sometimes. Not only do you put on these masks of the stoicism and the busyness, hey, everything's going to be okay. But then at the same time, if you take those masks off, there's a vulnerability in that I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know that identity. What is it? You know, I'm not a husband anymore. Okay, what am I? That was 20 years of identity that are now kind of ripped away. But you have to give yourself some time and some grace. And, and, and especially, and I know when it first happens, you think this will never end. I'll, I'll never get back to myself. But that's why that gratitude, gratitude makes a, a huge difference. It can pull you out when you're stuck. If you just find the silver lining, there, there's always a silver lining in a situation. And it's there okay. to keep you moving. So just look for that silver lining every day, even if it's something very small, there's something positive that you're doing, something great about you to keep you moving because you have a life to live and your life has to keep going. It can honor them, but you have so much more to do with the life and the time that you've been given. Yeah. And I think that's really important is that in the new identity, there is going to be something that needs to replace it. A lot of times widowers will go and find a replacement relationship, which isn't always the best thing. I mean, sometimes God bless that, you know, that right person is brought into your life at the right time and it works. A lot of times it's a substitute and it's not a great substitute. It's not a healthy substitute. Um, but finding purpose. And for me, it was purpose and service in doing this in the missionary. It was finding my faith again, too. Talk about faith and how important that's been in your healing process and, and part of, you know, what, what you think needs to be there to keep the flame going. Well, for me, as I, I shared at the beginning with Maintain the Flames, 
in life, I'm a people pleaser. I used to love people and, and making them happy. And I had to remove that part of Nicole because I was trying to get the acceptance from people that didn't even love themselves. Mm -hmm. So I had to know that you just have to be yourself and be okay with it. And so during this process with my family, um, God and I have kind of had a couple of rounds. Um, I've had some very honest and, you know, he already knows everything before I even say it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, are you kidding me? And my anger and frustration, and he's like, Nicole, you're just thinking about yourself. But I'm like, I'm the youngest of six. And even though you grow older, you still want your parents to see certain things. And I'm like, yeah. they're not going to see my kids get married. They're not going to see my grandbabies. They're not going to be at the weddings. Like, I got gypped. Like, this is not right, God. I, I needed more time. And so I had, that was very difficult for me with my faith. And so I, at times I didn't want to pray. At times I didn't want to go to church because I, I brought them here. And I thought, I never thought when I brought my parents here that they would pass away. Never. Yeah. Because again, these are my heroes in my eyes. They don't, they're not going anywhere. They've been here forever. Mm -hmm. And to see them get sick and for God to take them away I had to really take time and I'm still processing that even on my rough days, but I know that God didn't bring me this far to leave me. And at the end of the day, I have to understand, Nicole, I created you. I knew, I know what's best for you. I gave you the parents that you needed to get you to this point in life. And now I need you to trust me with everything, mm -hmm. not with some things. I need you to throw your script away for life and, and let me, be the director in this for you. And so that's what I'm, I'm working on. It's a daily work in process, but I continue to maintain my flame because I know my parents were very strict and I know they're still watching and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, you better keep going and <laughs> um, you need to get up. Okay, that's enough. And, and I hear that and it keeps me motivated, but my faith has gone up and down, but it's a, it's a work in progress. I'm very honest about that, but I know that God loves me and he knows what's best for me. Yeah, I think every one of us, whether we had strong faith or not, has asked why, you know, yes. why take her? Why not me in some mm -hmm. point? Why, why did it have to occur this way? You know, I wanted more time with her, why? Mm -hmm. and, and that then turns to anger and a lot of it is directed at God. I think one of the big things for me was I was such a control enthusiast being a business person and an entrepreneur and, um, you know, control was something that, you know, I always exercised and surrender was not something that I ever exercised. And now I've reversed that. And like you said, it's a work in process. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a work in progress, but it, um, it is now I work on surrender and not work on gaining control. And, uh, and I think that that has helped immensely because you do realize through something like this, that you don't have control, that we are in a broken world, that it is fragile. Everything here will rust and fade away. The people you love will pass and you have to transcend that and really surrender that thought that you can control, that you could make your parents better, that you could keep them around another year when God had other plans for them and for you. Um, that that's really important to kind of work on letting go of that and, and not feeling helpless in it, 
And that's where the surrender, I think, really helps is through this loss process. Helplessness really drives a lot of the grief and the trauma because you do feel helpless. You do ask why and, and sometimes in angry ways. But if you realize that hey, it's just life and I'm not in control and he's got a bigger, better story, uh, embrace that. And that, too, can work on that shift in the mindset. Right. If you know there's something bigger and better and a purpose for you in being left behind, then, then you can shift. That's true. Yeah. It's painful, but it's, it's, it's possible. You gotta, there's purpose in pain and just keep pushing and, and I'll find my purpose. I love that. Now I want to address three other things that sure. you talk about lies, labels, and limitations. The things that could maybe hang us up from being able to maintain the flame. Talk about that. What what are lies, labels, and limitations? Just I, when I think of lies, labels, and limitations, there are some of the lies or the negativity or labels that's been placed on us by others that limit our growth and that limits our progress. And I kind of think of it as, you know, sometimes we'll go to Target and we'll say, I'm just going to run in there. I'm going to get a, get a pack of water and I'm going to come right out. But we go in there and we're like, oh, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of that. And we're putting all these things in our basket. Well, as we go through life, people are putting those lies and limitations on you. And then you decide if you're going to allow that to sit in your brain and say, okay, you said I can't do X, Y, and Z, or I'll take some of that. Or I made a mistake in a decision with my spouse that passed away. I'll take some of that. But mm -hmm. you have to release that. You have to give that back to them. I'm not going to accept your lies. I'm not going to accept the labels that you placed on me. You were not good enough or you weren't there during the difficult time for them. You can have that because I know in my heart what I did. And you're going to have to continue to pursue your happiness and move forward. But those lies that people say, us, say to us, they plant those seeds. And whatever we decide, if it's true or false, we're watering those seeds and allowing it to grow inside of us. So you have to take a stand and say, yeah, no, I'm not going to take the lies. I'm not going to take the labels and you will no longer limit me. I did the best that I could. I was there and now I'm going to take control of my life and I'm going to move forward. Nicole, I actually did this to get rid of the lies, labels and limitations. And I had a stack of them. I wrote them all down. Everyone who, everyone I could remember from mm -hmm. as far back as I could remember, I tried to write them all down and it was a long list. And then I also wrote down the things that I was beating myself up over. As you mentioned, there were lies from other people and limitations there, but there were ones that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I wrote all of those down, the things that, that I really needed to um, forgive myself over or ask God for forgiveness over. I took the list. I took a walk in the woods and it was by myself. Thank goodness. No one, I don't think anyone was around to hear it because here's this grown man walking in the woods, reading each one out loud, forgiving this person for what they said mm -hmm. or forgiving that person for what they said and forgiving myself for my sins and my regrets and my guilt as well. I had another friend who did the same thing similarly and he had a list and, and he sat by a bonfire and he read the list out loud and he did both sides, both the, I forgive you for this thing that you've done and also God, forgive me for the things that I've done. And then when he was done, threw the paper in the fire and burnt it up. And, and I thought that was just a great analogy and a great ending to, to that. And I think that's one way to get rid of the lies, labels, and limitations. But they will. That mental frame, that mental 
box that we put ourselves into affects everything in our lives, our careers, our relationships, everything. And unless you surrender that, going back to the surrender word, you can't get beyond it. So I love that you talk about lies, labels, and limitations in your work. Nicole, what's the one thing you'd like to leave our widowers with, our growth warriors with today out of what we've talked about? I would just leave with them to know that they have the strength to persevere and move on no matter what. I know there will be dark moments and it will be difficult at times, but just believe, hold on to that faith. And a brighter day is coming, but it takes one step at a time. But give yourself some grace, love on yourself, forgive yourself and know that you're here for a reason. Dr. Nicole Bradford, I'm going to include your book in our recommended books list. Uh, Website listing will be in the transcription notes from our session. And I can't thank you enough for creating the framework and discussing it with us today and uh, sharing your personal story and journey with grief as well with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I truly enjoyed it. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe so you can keep up to date on the latest episodes. Hit the like button. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing.